we have to invest in taking on that extra person or invest in that system because we know that in the long run, that's that's going to help create a more valuable valuable business. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Excellent. So give us a quick introduction to who you are and what you love to do. Yeah, so uh, essentially what we what we love to do is help business owners to scale their businesses and to ultimately to create valuable businesses so that uh, when they end up exiting, stopping, for whatever reason, they've got options instead of being forced into shutting the doors. And you've got the dog having a joining in as well in the background. We love scaling. <laughs> He's been well conditioned <laughs> to that. It's like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> Excellent. So tell me, let's back up the bus bed. How did you get into scaling businesses as a thing? I love the monetizing by the thing and making them value. That's <laughs> that one's awesome. Um, I've got a long and extensive background in all sorts of uh, combination of interesting and boring stuff. But um, but uh, at, at, at one point I was I've set up my own. I've set up um, three three of my own businesses and exited exited from those four. If you count uh, the current current, so if you count um, count BizSmart, and I think the the stat that really surprised me was the fact that only about four percent of businesses scale beyond ten employees and less than one percent beyond fifty. So ninety six percent of all businesses have fewer than ten employees, and and I it, it's it stood out to me and I wanted to understand why that was you know is it because everybody wants to be a solopreneur fine you know great if that's if that's the case or are there actually a group of people in there that given the right support and the right motivation could potentially scale well that is a shocking stat to me like <laughs> 10% is not a whole lot and 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 you get like the fortune 5000s that you're like well they have, to have more than 10 which means that there's this huge gap in between. So talk to me about that gap. Why do, what is it that's really stopping people from getting into kind of that middle ground? Yeah, I I think there's I think there's a number of reasons, and we've we've done a fair bit of bit of research into it. And some of them are the the obvious ones. And right at the right at the early stages, we've got to get we've got to get a business model that's right. You know, some some of us will start up a business on our own, and we we price so that we can pay our bills but we don't necessarily think about what needs to happen when we're at the next stage and we we look at we look at the scale up journey as a series of stepping stones rather than some kind of straight line or wiggly wiggly growth um it, it, and it's it's those stepping stones and and we could build a brilliant business for us on our own and that might be a consulting business we might earn a fair amount of money but it's a very different business from if you want to have one with some employees in it so three to five employees is the next kind of stepping stone and to transition from one to the next we've got to do things a little bit differently we've got to start to have a business model that works that allows us obviously to afford to pay um, some some people so if we haven't priced correctly haven't thought of the business model then that won't work and then once we've got to that sort of stepping stone that stage then now we've got some hungrier mouths to feed we can't just 
afford to take less salary ourselves maybe one month we can't expect them to do that so we've got to have a consistent stream of of good quality leads that we can convert into sales so that becomes a really key challenge at that point so certainly from going to from three to five to the next one which is around about eight to twelve people that's a big challenge in there and we've got to start thinking about systemizing the business it's a horrible word isn't it system system but basically great habits okay like you talk about you love your marketing automate automation you know we, we've got to have some way of getting a predictable stream of, of of leads without us getting too sucked into the business this is the time when we've got to find a way to start to delegate the things that we shouldn't be doing to allow us to focus on the things we should so we don't get sucked too much into the business so that you know in, in the early stages they're some of the ones but but there's a big one from the sort of eight to twelve team to the next one which is 2025 when we develop a senior leadership team and of course if we're at the point where we've got eight to twelve employees if the business is running reasonably well at that point it might be turning over one one and a half million dollars something something like that then we're probably earning a reasonable lifestyle so all of the reasons we started the business and we're you know we're quite happy with a bit of risk as an entrepreneur starting starting a business we've now got ourselves a bit comfortable and and then somebody says you know you've got to take this big leap again to get a senior leadership team beneath you or you've got to invest in this and that and and all the other it's like well actually maybe maybe i'm a bit comfortable now where i am (laughs) (laughs) oh so that's what it comes down to it's like what no this is rather comfy and i got my lifestyle i don't know about you but i got mine so uh, we're good yeah (laughs) that's the idea notion of taking on yet again yeah and that's and to a certain funny. extent, that's fine. You know, if that's mm-hmm. if that's, and, and we do, you know, we don't say to people, you've got to scale for the sake of it. Clearly, you know, part of the <laughs> part of the thing here is let's work out what kind of business we want and let's build it to be the best that it can be at that point, so mm-hmm. that it is profitable. It's not we're not tearing our hair out every day and working, you know, <laughs> working till seven or eight o'clock at night. <laughs> um, you know, all all of those all of those good things. Um, so you know, how do we make it work? well for us at that point but also still thinking about well what what is the exit plan because at some point we will have to stop the business Mm -hmm. and 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 do we want the business then to be able to fund us into our retirement or to fund us doing whatever we want to do next um Mm Or or are we just expecting the business to suddenly stop and and that's it when we when, when we stop and of course we're encouraging people to try to find a way to make sure that the business does carry on and does have a give them options at that at that point. and especially businesses that are still thriving, like there are businesses you know like the Yellow Pages. It's like yeah okay, shut the doors and walk away. It's all good. Nobody cared. Um, <laughs> But then there's other businesses that are like, wow, the world needs this, but there's no leadership at the top and nobody's there to kind of carry it forward. And I kind of heard a sad story on the weekend where they hadn't put senior management in place soon enough. So senior management didn't kind of care enough or have enough game, uh, enough clout in the game, I guess, to want to take over at that point or to want to work with somebody else if there was a change in um, in management, which is super sad because it was an awesome and amazing business. So let's, again, let's back up just a little bit because I personally love talking about systems. Um, implementing them on the other hand, that's because <laughs> I'm kind of typical <laughs> entrepreneur in that sort of way. Um, yeah. 
but to me, there's kind of those those four areas of there's a startup where you're throwing spaghetti on the wall, hoping that something sticks and you're trying to figure out what's going to stick, what the market wants, what you want to give the market, all that kind of fun jazz. Yeah. Then we get into the growth where, okay, this is working. How do we systemize it and make sure that it's consistent and everybody's getting that same kind of experience or a similar experience so we can start making it predictable. And then we get to scale and that's the fun part where you get the hockey stick growth and, you know, everybody's going kumbaya, but then now you got this whole middle management conundrum that comes up i could talk to you about hours for this stuff yeah which one of those for and then exit of course so which one of those is kind of your sweet spot that you love working with your clients in yeah so it's typically um the, the typically the two in the the two in the middle um so we don't tend to work with startups occasionally we will but mm -hmm. normally they've already got some success going on with the, within the business and then we're about helping to unlock that further to help them scale so typically the businesses we work with have between three and 30 employees that's that's our nice. sweet spot and that's mm -hmm. that's not because that's not because the stuff that we talk about wouldn't work with bigger businesses or even or even smaller businesses um because it they, they would very very much the principles are scaling up but um but quite a lot of the way that we deliver our support is through peer working. So you may talk, call, call them mastermind groups or we call them smart boards, but we'll match six great business owners together from different industries, different sectors, different stages of the, of the life cycle of the business, if you like, or the, the, certainly the scale-up journey. And then we'll work together every month to address challenges that we each might have um, in the overall framework of maximizing value and building a scalable, resilient business. Nice. Love it. And have you noticed that there's much of a difference between, say, a service company, a manufacturing company, the different types of companies that are out there? There, there are differences, but there are more similarities. So so the, the principles of building a good, robust business cut across every 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 business. You know, Profit, the thing people. Yeah, <laughs> you know. exactly. And the and the challenges. Uh, 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 you know they go across all sectors and all stages of the of the of the business journey the emphasis may change depending mm -hmm. on the the stage and also specific industries may have specific challenges with within them that are maybe to do with regulatory of that particular industry or or something else but the overall principles are, uh, are are common across business and in fact that's one of the key things that really people realize when they start working with us that actually all of these problems that they're having that they thought were unique to them or, or their industry in fact are shared across across other businesses and one of the things we love about the peer networking side of things and use it having people from different sectors is that that helps to broaden our thinking and gets us out of that well that wouldn't work in in my industry or this is the way it's always been done in my business or in my in my industry you find then that people will challenge that and with a legitimate challenge and and make you make you think uh, a, a little bit more broad-minded nice i'm loving that so let's talk about kind of bringing on people because to me kind of so our four pillars of this are strategies systems support state of mind and i think strategy tends to be kind of the easier of them if the entrepreneur is actually thinking about them one they tend not to 
Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Coming up with this strategy is very difficult when you're not thinking about it, but once you think about it, it's a little easier. Um, then systems tends to be the big one. It's like, oh, SOPs, everybody wants to kill themselves. Do I do video? Do I give them a seven inch binder with this stuff? Is it checklist? Huh. You know, how the hell do I get somebody doing their job in a consistent sort of way than the person next to them? without somebody micromanaging them. We could talk about that all day. I'm going to give you 28 questions and you get to pick which ones you want. How's that? Um, <laughs> if I can remember to, any of them afterwards. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We're, and then we go into the people side of things. You've already mentioned kind of the differences around the three to middle management. And I've seen tons of issues around both of those and very distinct kind of mental yep. mindset issues, which brings us to the fourth one, in my opinion, is mindset of the CEO and what they're going through in those different levels. So um, strategies, system support, state of mind, which one of those would you consider could kind of be the let's start there and delve into that one? Well, I think, um, I think we would, we, we would, I, I think I would start with, we would always start with the thinking, which is the, which is the strategy side awesome. of side of things. Um, but, yeah. but I'll tell you what we, uh, well, well, in in terms of that's where where I would I would start with with the thinking, but but in terms of where we get business owners to start and 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 do something straight away that will make a big difference, and that is more in the in the systems side of things. But we don't call it systems; we call it habits. And nice. one of the great habits that everybody can get into is a ninety day planning cycle. And every ninety days, you you like that? You do that? I'm cheering. Too. Right. Every, every 90 days, you sit yep. down, ideally with the rest of your team, but certainly with one or two other one or two other people. And if, and if you haven't got anybody in your business, bring in somebody that you trust to bounce ideas off. But every, put that in your diary every 90 days for at least half a day session where you review the last 90 days, what's gone well, what hasn't gone so well, that kind of thing. But you then think about what the priorities are. What does good look like? At the end of the next 90 days so what are some of the key things that need to need to happen over the next 90 days not not a big long to-do list this mm -hmm. is not your action plan yet this is the five things for example no more than seven but five around about five is ideal that really have to happen uh, by the end of the next 90 days for you to go you know what that was a good 90 days and if you do that every 90 days for one and you back it up with a weekly meeting we call them our smart sevens but you know it's a weekly mm -hmm. weekly meeting where you then not only review which most of us do most of us have a weekly meeting where we go well this client needs that and this is you know i've got to get those emails out and, and this kind of thing it's very tactical which is great we've got to got to keep the plate spinning but if you feed in a little bit of okay well we said we were going to do these five big things over the next 90 days so where are we against some of those then you've then you've started right now you you know you can you'll get better at doing it and we would certainly talk through exactly specific things that probably should be thought about in there but even just simply the act of putting those sessions in your diaries and having time to think about it 
away from the office, ideally certainly on the 90 days, and then backing up with a rhythm that then means you're checking on those things and you're ideally you've developed a little action plan for for each of those key key priorities and you've assigned responsibilities to, to different people then you'll start to really get in the habit. And that's one of those habits that is great because you're then communicating with people. You're thinking about some of the big picture stuff. You've got a forum to enable people to bring challenges that are coming up that you're facing all of the time, but you're all clear on what needs to be done and you're generating some kind of alignment there as, as well as you go as you go through. So what would you consider some of the key points that most entrepreneurs miss in their 90 days. So one, that they're not doing their 90 days, but assuming the they're doing thing. the 90 days. What are some of the things that they typically miss or overlook? Well, I think what they typically miss is the is the longer term, is the long-term thing. If they they're probably not doing it generally any mm-hmm. anyway. Um but we're the things we see are the urgent things, aren't they? They're the ones that that are knocking, you know, knocking on our office door, or their phones ringing, or whatever. You know, they're the things that uh, that we go that has to be done. So they're the plate spinning stuff. So the things that are often missed are actually where are we where are we headed? Now, you know, we we oh. certainly talk about strategy, but it doesn't have to be an overly complicated strategy. We're not talking about a McKinsey generated strategic plan here or, or something something like that. It it can be relatively straightforward as to um, but we've got to have some idea of where we're headed in the long term, what the key focus areas are for the next three years and the next one year. What are the critical things that need to be done in the next one year to enable us to then effectively do a 90-day plan that calls on, okay, well, we said we'd be here in a year's time. These are the big things. So where are we this quarter towards those? Uh, what else has come in? You know, What have we learned from, um, from things that maybe haven't gone as smoothly as we thought they would go over the last 90 days, but also maybe things are changing. Maybe maybe there's a, this pandemic that suddenly come out of nowhere that nobody knew about before or something maybe less major than that, but something nevertheless that's come out of that field. You know, what, what, what is there that we need to, that we need to consider? So, I think those are those are some of the things. But it, the essential thing is if we have that forum, if you like, for mm-hmm. being able to raise these and discuss these and get the views of other people. So it's not just the business owner on their own that is doing this in isolation and trying to be clever and coming up with it and then telling everybody else what they should do, that it's come together with, with some of the other people in the business. So there's that, there's that element of buy-in. But you've got everybody's views and um, and it's easy to overlook the power of other people's views. Everybody in the business will have will have some ideas. It doesn't matter what level they are. Um, they'll have some great ideas. Nice. And I'm loving all of those. So typically, no, part of my brain went to, okay, there was a cat cataclysmic event that happened, this huge pandemic. Everybody went, oh, you're not allowed to talk to anybody. The businesses that I saw succeed over those three years were the ones that, to me, rallied the troops and went, how the frick do we deal with this crap? Yeah. And yeah. they went and did things like blew out walls and put in a drive through or like they did radical things that normally would take, you know, months, maybe years. We're going to discuss this. We're going to do that. And boom, within weeks, there were. You know, yep. there were drive throughs within weeks. They had online courses within weeks. They were doing virtual, not exactly. live in person. Like they were do- doing what they had to do because yep. it was the best dumb excuse- idea they had. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think that's going to work at all, but you know, it's the best one we got. So let's go do that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about mindset because I think that that is paramount 
especially Absolutely. when it's going from kind of I got a VA and I've got a bookkeeper and I've got these people that, you know, I pay them when I can and I afford that. But now I need a full time person. Now I need either a salesperson or I need a, you know, it that that fourth person I see as usually being a substantial change in their business and yep. middle management I see as being a substantial change in their mindset set because they're like, I'm paying somebody to manage other people. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So let's start with the the fourth person and then we'll go up to well, Kenna, can I can I go back to that mindset and the of course and and, and because you, you just mentioned the ones that 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 succeed and came through through this. Mm-hmm. But what percentage of that what, what did that represent? Because there are a big chunk of people that went Oh, I can't. I can't do what I used to do anymore. So I've got to close the doors, or or, or whatever, whatever I've got to do. And it's that "woe is me" mindset versus "okay, we've got a challenge here. How do we solve the challenge?" And and that's the that's the key mindset. And if you have that, hopefully, you people with that are listening have got that mindset anyway. And if we bring that to every every challenge that we've got, and we see it as a challenge rather than a problem. And something that we've just got to bury our heads in the sand with, or just can't can't deal with, then you'll look for you look for ways to do it. And I and I, I've always kind of thought of business a little bit like one of these strategy games that you might that you might play. You know, at the end of the day, it, it is a it is a <laughs> game. It's a big game, and it's a long 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 game. But it's got it's full of all of these little challenges. Some of which you can plan, some of which you can't. But you've got to make decisions on it. But you've again, you've got to like a strategy game. You've kind of got to know what the end objective is. Um, you know, if you don't, then you're just drifting. And if you're just trying to pay yourself a wage, then fine. But you've probably just got yourself a job that you know you've owned your owned your job sort of thing. Well, and I think it's harder too when people do that, <clears throat> and they don't realize that they're making it so much harder on themselves that it would be easier to get over the mindset of hiring people because then you have less stress of kind of everything else that you've been dealing with up until now. And they just, they don't know what they don't know. So they don't see that it's actually the biggest step into freedom. And I think also that if they have somebody like you in their 90 day strategy meeting, because you're not emotionally attached to the business, but you understand and can see the business, it makes it way easier for your frontal lobe to be engaged <laughs> to be coming up with ideas and possibilities for them when they're just thinking, this is my little box and this is the way it is and this is the way I've always done it. And Yeah, absolutely. God, there was just a, an enormous firework, I think, just went off uh, <laughs> just, just went off here. I don't know that came through. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't somebody getting shot or something, but big, big firework. <laughs> <laughs> they're just yeah. agreeing with me. They're like the band's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So where, 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 where were we with that? I lost, I've lost my train of thought a little bit. Mindset and the importance of being able to yeah, um, and be willing to see opportunity when it feels like you're just shut yeah. down. And, and we, we saw the, the, the ones that, the ones that really survived well and thrived, certainly coming out then of, of, of lockdown in in our view were the were the ones that had a very strong sense of what they're about and why they're in why they're in business so you could call it core purpose call it call, call it what you like but but they got that sense of what we're really trying to achieve here and then when they weren't able to do things in quite the way that they had been doing before instead of saying well we just can't do business anymore they said well we can't do business in that way anymore, but what we're trying to do is to improve the health of the nation or whatever, whatever it is we're doing. 
how else can we do it then given the constraints that we've that, that, that we've got and often the ones that did really well were the ones that were very very clear on that and also very clear then on what they were good at what they were really really good at and they knuckled down to instead of actually doing all sorts of bright shiny things that they could do they knuckled down in what they're really good at and just went went for that and yes that might mean they had to pivot a little bit with it within that but it was all still under the umbrella of what they're all about and what they're really good at rather than jumping to the next shiny bright object and finding that that either didn't work or it gave them a little bit of income for a, for, a, for a tiny bit and and i think the you know you're talking about the challenges of employing people and thinking that way. And, and for us, part of that thinking is having a the mindset of maximizing value. So we are thinking a bit longer term because there are decisions we would make if we're building for value than if we were just trying to maximize the profit that we're going to take out or, or the cash that we'll have at the end of the month. So, so we need to we need to have we need to make money and we need to be able to take cash out but every now and then there'll be decisions that that will go you know what actually the decision for the longer term the decision to build this company that will be a bit more valuable that will maybe enable me to be to be free from the business a little bit more so the business isn't so reliant on me mean that we do we have to invest in taking on that extra person or invest in that system because we know that in the long run that's that's going to help create a more valuable valuable business. Awesome. So, because moving forward, I anticipate things are going to get a lot better and easier for people that have taken the leap in the business world, and we're going to have this kind of sense of normality sneaking so. up on us, um, which also creates um, like it, it allows it to be a little easier to bring on staff and to do all of those things mentally because we're like, oh, okay. In our brains, we can project where we're, we think we're going to be. Um, <clears throat> so let's, in that essence, let's talk about that kind of the fourth employee, or what I call the fourth employee, of like, where do they need to be? What if something happens, but they still need that fourth employee and it's not going as slick and smooth as they anticipate it might I'm not quite understanding the Okay, so um, if if things don't go as kind of, if things aren't just tickety boo, but we yep. know who we know our businesses, we we've got that foundation. We know it's important to people on the planet that they need this thing that we offer, and I really want to bring on this fourth employee, but I don't know what the government's going to do, but I don't know what the market's going to do, but I don't all that kind of fun jazz. How do you help people kind of get through that conundrum? Yeah, well, well the what certainly what they need to think about then is and it's these stepping stones with the within the business and um i think what you're describing there is is probably around about that three to five stage of of, of employees that, that we would talk about and we would the way that we look at it is we'd say because the next one from there for us is eight to twelve and we can if we just drift into that it's a slightly different business model to get to eight to eight to 12. We've got different challenges in terms of the extra communication that's required and, and, and various other things. If we just drift in there, then we can get, we can get stuck. And equally, if we, if we don't make the business as profitable and as efficient as possible at the three to five staging post, then we're going to have a harder job transitioning. So the first thing we would do is say, right, we're at that point now. Mm -hmm. If we're not able to make at least 
10 to 15% net profit mm-hmm. at that point. And that includes paying the owner a reasonable, reasonable paycheck. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we're not able to do that, then actually we need to look at things first, because if we just keep going and we've got existing headaches in the business, all we're going to do is increase the, the level of those, those headaches. So if we're tearing our hair out now without, you know, with, with trying to deal with customers, trying to deal with employees and not having enough money at the, at the end of the day, and we just grow and take mm-hmm. on more, all we're going to do is increase those headaches. So let's have a look. And is the business model right? So actually, are we, are we charging enough? For, for, for a start and quite often at that point we're probably not because we've we've grown the business from early days where we were probably taking on anybody that would pay us a bit of money to do what we to do to do what we do we may not have set our prices quite quite right um, and if we've got to that three to five point and we've got good customers they're probably really valuing what we're what we're doing and price may not be the major factor in, in in moving forwards. So let's have a look at that. Let's make sure we've got the business model, model right. Have we got an element of repeatability in, in in what we're in what we're doing? So our customers coming back to us. Can we create that element of recurring customers, recurring revenue? Or how else are we going to get a stable base from which we can grow? Or is it all ad hoc? And one month is big, and one month is little. You know, we've got to try and even even that out a bit. Get a bit more predictability predictability in it before we then start to start to recruit. And I was just talking to a very successful business owner actually earlier on today. And in his early stages, he, um, he was basically taking on, um, they, they would, they would, they do loft, loft installations and things, things like that. And they had at that stage, they had two vans with one or two people in each van that were, that were, that were going out. And the decision was, how do I, you know, do it? Am I ready to take on my third van? And they, looked at it really carefully and they came up with a little little rule which was basically as soon as the second as soon as a van gets to the point where it's got a four week waiting list it's booked solid for the next four weeks that's when we invest in the next van and and it'll be different for each of our businesses but we need to think about that so if we're an IT managed service company and we need to take on a new engineer what's the little rule that we're going to say you know are we going to wait until we're completely maxed out and we can't possibly cope before we then invest in somebody or are we going to do it before we're ready and, and maybe can't afford it or obviously sensibly are we going to going to actually say well maybe when we're maybe when we're halfway to the point where we could justify having a new a, 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 new, a new member of staff maybe that's the point at which we at which we do it but the, the the little rule that you'll come up with will be, will be different for each business but it's the thinking um that is that is the same Nice. Love that. So I think we've, we've covered kind of the, um, the habits of making sure that the business owners have the plan in place and, and that those goals are kind of upscaling every time. Um, we've talked about the people and, and having those, um, having the right people in place and knowing when you can bring them in and a few other things. Are there kind of any other pillars that I've overlooked or haven't let you do expand upon in your scale up system um, that we should be talking about? Well, I think we've covered bits and bits of bits of most of them. So we, we look at it in terms of, so the, the, the key decisions that that we want to be thinking about are 
the strategy side of things, the people, the execution, and the cash. So we're we're looking. We built a little framework around around those four four key pillars of, of, mm-hmm. of scaling up if you like so the things that we need to look at within each within each of those um the the, the cash is an interesting one in in that um there's a there's a methodology which which we like a lot by mike mikalovich you may have, may have heard called profit first mm-hmm. um and if people listening haven't come across that I, I highly suggest they have a look at it it's a great way of in the early stages of a business in particular of managing the business and thinking about that scaling up so that you're making sure that you are putting money aside essentially for the profit of the business, but also for your owner's compensation. And there's a nice set of ratios that are that, that can be used in there as well to think about how we how we need to mix the business. But the, the key thing that it does in my mind is it says, if there's not enough money at the end of the, because normally what we do is we start off and we say, all right, there's the turnover. Um, and let's take out then, the cost of sales and then the overheads and what's left is the, the the profit and if we're lucky there's something in there to pay pay me as the as the business owner um but if there isn't then it's me as the business owner or the business profit that doesn't doesn't get it well what what if you switch that around and you say right well the business should make this and the owner needs to take a certain amount to live let's hypothetically put that to one side first what's left is what we can afford to pay on our operating expenses so if it's not enough it's not me that has to take less money or the business has made less profit that's the constraint we've got to do something different that means that the business model isn't right and there isn't enough money to pay the operating expenses in the way that we want to grow this business which means if we just carry on what we're doing we're just going to carry on not having enough money to to live on properly or not making profits within within the business and we can't scale so we have to get that bit that bit right. So that's a nice little methodology to to, to think about within the cash side of things. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, I know when they think of paying themselves first, they think of, you know, I have to get something out of the business first. <laughs> and, uh, and I've heard a lot of financial planners in other ways saying, well, it's, it's more than just, you know, covering your, your bills. It's you actually need a retirement plan going in there. Every business has their their healthcare, their retirement plans, their whatevers. And most entrepreneurs are taking the risk upon themselves to say, yeah, when I have this explosion of growth, I'll pocket all that and it'll go back into the business. So talk to me about that plan B, so to speak. Yeah, it's always on the never, never, isn't it? Well, it'll if I if I if I grow a little bit more in a couple of years' time, I'll be able to take that take that out or, or put that in my pension or whatever else. And and for the majority of us, it doesn't happen. And, and unless you actually sort it out soon as you soon as you can and you think about it properly, it doesn't doesn't happen. And we've got you know I, I know we've got we've got business owners that that kind of like oh well I'm at you know I'm at um, half a million pound turnover now. When I'm at seven fifty that will that will all that will all work fine but it doesn't because they've got a whole host of other things that come out that will work at 750 that they've got to pay for and and they go oh, well yeah but if, when i get to a million then it'll then it then it then it'll be then it'll be fine so absolutely exactly as you as you, as you say we have to think about it and this again it, this comes back to what you know what do we what do we want out of out of out of our business and how do we build it in a systematic way um that does mean that it can can 
deliver on what we on what we want as in as individuals but also for our for our em- employees um and yes if we if we need to be putting money into health plans and and pensions and all of those um and and also coming back to the value thing are we creating a valuable business and and there's lots of aspects that go into that but one of the key ones is the reliance on the business owner and it doesn't matter how big the business is really but if it's if if we're at the hub of everything then when we come to stop that if an acquirer or somebody else thinks it's also reliant on us that that you're, you're not going to get a you're either going to get nothing for the business or you're going to get a heavily discounted um offer which is probably going to say right you've also got to be do a do an earn out for the next three years so that we can hand it over over properly so <laughs> why not get not it a sort- buyout <laughs> Yeah, why not get and those it? Those of you thinking about that, that is not a buy. <laughs> no. so, so, so why not? Three years. Yeah. So why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. You've just you've just spent years. You you set up your business because you wanted to be on your own and be your own boss. You've just spent years building it up, and now somebody says, "Right, work for me for the next three years." And <laughs> and by the way, if you don't hit these targets, then you're not going to get that bit of the earn out that we that we said. Yeah. Sounds like heaven, doesn't it? Yeah. So why not? Why not put the hard work in now? And create the business in a way that means that that's not going to happen, or the chances are that it's that it's going to be reduced uh, on the on an earn out or, or period or or amount of money. Love it. I could talk to you about this, as you know, for days on end. Yeah. But and give us a, an example of a Cinderella story of yours, of your client. Yeah, so I think the one of the one of the really we've just had a couple actually that have exited their businesses. So um, you know after uh, and they they were not uh, they were not in a in the position a few years ago where they really could have could have done that um we've got another one that's probably our longest longest client that is that has gone through when they started they were turning over about 300,000 um pounds in, in, in the UK but they had a business that was it was a website based business and it was almost it was all ad hoc and and over that time they've repositioned the business into they've actually developed a piece of software um that and then they got because they then got a recurring revenue model and they were that software for, was for a market that was there where that was in in demand they got investment we helped them get investment from a venture capital company um so they then managed to manage to grow to that point and that's they they got a second tranche of that and they're now at the point where um, they're, they're potentially looking for, for an exit with that business. So they've gone from about five employees to now 36 employees. Um, and, um, and yeah, big, big success story. But the, but the journey isn't, isn't over yet. And the, and the key thing that we often talk about working with business owners, and you'll have, I'm sure you'll have heard this, but it, it, the, the competence sort of stairway, you know, so you, when we start with any news, anything new that we're doing, we're unconsciously incompetent, aren't we, at the, at the beginning? We don't actually... <laughs> worse, consciously incompetent. Well, you no, but... but <laughs> well yeah okay so so, so yeah but the, we then do become consciously incompetent because you realize we understand actually there are things that we that, that, that we don't know and and i think when when i started working with with this person that's probably where they were they they knew that there were things they didn't know they knew where they what they wanted to do um they didn't quite know everything about it and and over the time we've helped them to become consciously competent so then they start they, they can do it but they have to think about it and they might say what framework should we use there or how should we think about this kevin or, or bismarck you know how should we how should we think about that 
but he's now got to the point where he's unconsciously competent he doesn't really have to think things through that much he's almost by gut instinct now because he's got the framework and he's got everything else that he needs um to to, to do that so part of what we're doing over time is we're helping people with that thinking so that it becomes in the business side of it almost becomes second nature and a, and a natural process i love that so I know you happen to have all of this written and available for people. So how, I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you? Brilliant. Well, I think the, the, the yeah, so I have, have written a book. It's called The Entrepreneurial Scale-Up System. Thank you. And and um, and it might be easier to type in Kevin Brent, author, I don't, don't know. Or if you go to our website that we've got for it, then that's that's a good place to start. And that is esusgroup.co.uk and the esus is e-s-u-s which is short for the entrepreneurial scale-up system because <laughs> uh, that's a long url if we had that otherwise <laughs> but yeah esusgroup.co.uk and you can find the book there you can find some other resources as as well including some software that we've developed to help around that 90-day planning that i was talking about and, and the business rhythm Nice. Okay, we'll be going and checking that out. And of course, peeps, we will have all of Kevin's notes and links in the in the description of the show. So feel free to scroll down to that or go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and find Kevin's info. We'll have it all there for you as well. Brilliant. Excellent. I love it. Love it. Love it. And I love the idea of helping people with their 90 day. That's <laughs> so needed. So needed. Just go do it, peeps. Do it. Do it. Um Kevin, I have to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah, um, quite late, quite, quite late. I mean, I'd always fancied, I think I was probably entrepreneurial mindset. I was always trying to do things better or, or, or spot, spot things. Um, I think I always knew actually, but, the, but probably, probably when I was at, at university and I met somebody that was a property developer and, um, and I just loved what they were doing, you know, essentially they, it's a classic example of not having to work on your business because basically his skill was finding the investment. He got together a group of people, contractors that would do the work and pretty much he would buy this property and he'd hand the keys to the, his lead contractor and just say, sort it. And then when it's finished, let me know. Um, nice. so you start to realize that actually, you know what, business doesn't have to be about doing everything yourself, every bit of hard, hard graft yourself. And I think that was when, that was when I probably realized, realized that. Nice. That's kind of the ultimate, <laughs> I don't know. He definitely can't do that in the abdication level people, but it is hope <laughs> that you could get down to a five word <laughs> business yeah. meeting. Sort it. Yeah. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> Yeah, or, or isn't it, or 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 the Picard one at three words, isn't it? Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Kevin, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely. I know how valuable it is. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, just just good luck with your scale up scale up journeys. Um, and uh, Michelle, you, thank you for everything you do. And thank you very much for having me on today. My absolute pleasure. And we will have to do this again. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. We love helping your businesses grow and connecting with you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com 
slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.